The reading this morning is from the book of Judges, chapter 7, verses 1 to 8. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Horod. The camp of Midian was north of them, in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into your hands. In order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has, has saved her, announce now to the people, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them out for you there. If I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred men lapped with their hands to their mouths. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300, who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Here endeth the word of the Lord. Hello again. Are you still awake? Yeah. Hopefully. I'll put an end to that. Right, so, as we've mentioned, we are continuing our Sunday sermon series on Gideon, loving God, living his adventure, and we've seen what encouragements and challenges this amazing story holds for us. So far, we've explored the following scenes, crying out to God in the hiding places, being met by God in the place of fear, being dedicated to God in response to his call, being reassured by God that we're on the right path, even though that might be difficult, and today we're looking at being trained by God, thanks to a rather unusual scene <coughs> from Gideon's adventure. But first, a joke. Now, this joke came from Steve Ellis's joke book, so I can't vouch for its quality. <laughs> a little boy was afraid of the dark. One night, his mum told him to go into the back garden and bring her the brush from the garden shed. The little boy turned to his mum and said, Mum, I don't want to go out there. It's dark. The mum smiled reassuringly, reassuringly at her son. You don't have to be afraid of the dark, son, she said. Jesus is out there. He'll look after you and he'll protect you. The little boy stared at his mum and asked, Are you sure he's out there? Yes, I'm sure. He's everywhere. And he's always ready to help you when you need him. The little boy thought about that for a minute and then went back to the, to the back door and opened it a fraction Peering into the darkness, he shouted, Jesus, if you're out there, can you please fetch me that brush? <laughs> Keep that one in, Steve. Got a laugh. Right, so today's scene from Gideon's Adventure asked people to face up to their fears. And as a result, some discovered that the adventure, it just wasn't for them. And this came about through 
a strange selection process or a sifting process. And we're going to look at that in a moment or two. I wonder whether you can remember your school days. I can, just about. And um, I wonder whether teams, you know when you used to do games or sports, whether teams were chosen the same way they were chosen for us, where there was two captains chosen. Can you remember that? And they were usually the loudmouth show-offs. You remember that bit? Yeah? Thank you. Somebody's nodding. Thank you. And so they, they were given the captaincy, and then they'd say, right, now choose the other people. And they'd go through, wouldn't they, what, who they thought were the best going down. Yeah? Well, it was poor old Jason Price. He was always the last chosen in my games class. He obviously hated sports. Who could blame him? Teachers were vile. And <laughs> he, I always felt so sorry for him. But if the selection process had been done, done differently, then they would have received a very different response, wouldn't they? The captains or the teachers. If they'd have asked the question, now, who would like to play rugby in this team? Well, you can imagine, can't you? Well, now you ask. Not me, actually. <laughs> I'm heading back to the changing room straight away. Well, today's scene from the Bible paints a picture of, like I say, a strange sifting process. Gideon and his army take a trip to the river. And what follows is a detailed method by which God whittles down the number of the army from 32,000 to 300. Now, that's some whittling. But why would God do this? Why? God has called Gideon to be his mighty warrior and with his fellow Israelites to put an end to the crushing oppression inflicted on them by the Midianites. For seven years, they've had to put up and endure the devastating raids on their harvests. Thousands upon thousands turning up every year on turbocharged camels, whilst Israel cowered in caves. The overwhelming power of the Midianites needed to be taken on by another huge force, didn't it? Isn't it the case that the more volunteers we have, the better? Greater numbers means greater support for what is doing, God's doing, surely. A huge army on God's side makes a powerful statement to anyone opposing God's loving purposes in the world. Big numbers are always a huge confidence booster. And I bet you Gideon felt a lot more confident with 32,000 men around him than he did with 300. But God had other plans and God had other ideas. And so he set about convincing Israel and so that they would not boast that their own strength had saved them. With a 32,000 strong army, the people could say, we did it. But with a an army of 300, they would say, thanks to God, we did it. And so we begin to see again that this scene holds to some encouragements and challenges for us. So let's look at these two things together this morning. Firstly, we notice that God doesn't want a fearful many. He wants a courageous few. He doesn't want a fearful many. He wants a courageous few. Gideon didn't have the support of everyone. At the first hint of a way out, 22,000 men turned back. They clearly were not on board with the vision. They didn't believe it. They did not want to put their lives on the line for it. They were far too fearful. And in this case, it was much better that they left. Seeing people leave 
any community because of issues connected to the vision is always difficult and it's always sad. And that's true of our own church community when that's happened. And maybe you've seen that happen several times over the years. But Gideon's adventure encourages us to see that this is a natural part of the cost of vision, part of trusting that God can do greater things with fewer dedicated people. There's a church in the center of Birmingham called B1. The clue is in the postcode. And this, uh, this church was set up about 12 to 15 years ago. And uh, it was set up to be a church dedicated to mission, reaching out with God's love to a place where the church was not being effective in that, where there was not that presence in that way. And um, so this is what went on in that place. But over time, what happened was this church became comfortable looking after itself, as so many churches do. And so that happened. And then when the new leader who's there now came along, the bishop really encouraged him and said, you've got to find the, the roots of this mission again. And that was really difficult because they'd begun to attract people from other churches and they'd begun to see that uh, they'd lost their original uh, intent and mission, if you like. And as they began to rediscover that, it was quite difficult because the vision began to bite and other issues as well, but the vision began to bite because the church had become comfortable looking after itself, being there for itself and attracting people in that way. It's worth reading about that church community because it's gone through uh, quite a lot of growth over the last year and it's reaching out to the people in the center of Birmingham, those who are not connected to any church in some quite creative ways you can see on the website if you just do a search in Google. In our own church community too, some are fearful to continue on God's adventure and they may well have to turn back. It's better to decide this than continue on a journey towards a vision you don't believe in or want to give your all for. Phil Axtance, who's a member of our church community here, encouraged me with this very point back in the autumn. And he mentioned it again last weekend when we had our 24 hours of prayer. Not everyone will share God's vision. People will catch the vision at different times and in different ways. And that's okay. But for some, it will ask too much. But like Gideon, we are seeing the signs of the fruitfulness of God's vision. Before Gideon was asked to set out to take new ground for God and into that battle, he was already seeing the signs of God at work in and through them. And that's true for us. With God's help, we're enabling more people than ever before to be part of expressions of church that are all developing to help people follow Jesus. During last year, we've grown again for the third year running, and we now have nearly 600 people participating in our church life throughout a month or a week. Thanks to God's vision, we're engaging with the community, building relationships, meeting needs, and we're living out, sharing, and nurturing faith in Jesus Christ across all age groups. I think that's remarkable, and I think that's thanks to God and what he's doing in and through us. This week, Simon Jones, at the back there on the PA desk, posted an encouraging article in our church Facebook page. The article reflects how our expressions of church are growing here. It's not about our church, but you can see the parallels. 
the article encourages us to see yet again how through new expressions of church, the Holy Spirit is helping us to rediscover our part in God's mission. You can find the article on Facebook or if you ask the office, then we'll be glad to print off a copy for you. Many of us in our church community believe that this, this adventure is worth following God for. It's worth giving our all for. But ultimately, that's a choice, choice each of us has to make. Secondly then, God wants people in his army to show a certain quality. Even though those who trembled with fear turned back, removing 22,000 soldiers, that still left 10,000. I can clearly do the maths. But 10,000 was still too many. God wanted an army that fully trusted in him and relied on his strength. And so a further sifting process took place at the water's edge. And it has to be said that it took place in quite an unusual way. Those who cupped water and lacked it, like dogs, were chosen. And those who got down to their knees to drink were not. Now, I think there's a good reason for this. Years ago, well, not that many years ago, when I was in the Scouts, I was, we used to run a, a local Scout Pack football league. And we were playing one particular team on one day, and we were just entrenched in our own half. We couldn't get out of it. We were, they were attacking our goal constantly and scoring at will. But well into the match, we managed to get the ball up towards the halfway line, but their goalkeeper hadn't noticed. He was busy chatting to his friend. And a friend of mine who was on my team, Richard Lancaster, decided that we weren't going to score by getting any further up the pitch. So he got the ball and he absolutely hoofed it as hard as he could towards their goal. Remember, their goalkeeper's not watching. He's chatting like this. And the ball hit him smack <laughs> on the side of his face. Jamie Beggar, he saved it. Couldn't believe it. And the ball dropped down, and he picked it up, and that was it. But not being fully alert could have cost him. They could have won 8-1 instead of 8-0. And I think for them, that would have been a disaster. Not being fully alert. In Gideon's adventure, those chosen were those who remained more upright, and they lapped from their hands when drinking. They kept an eye on their surroundings. They were ready to act. They were more alert. Those who sank to their knees abandoned all to their physical needs and they were not selected. I think this holds great insight for us. When we gather for refreshment in worship to receive from God, do we do so with an eye on our surroundings, looking out for others, welcoming newcomers, looking for spiritual dangers? Are we ready to act? Do we have an eye on God's vision like Gideon had an eye on God's vision? Or do we abandon everything to our own needs, our own preferences, getting refreshment just for ourselves without looking out for others, without looking out for dangers, without watching out for the development of our church community, without keeping an eye on the vision that God is giving us to help us rediscover our part in his mission? When we look for refreshment from God throughout the week, wherever we are, do we do so to ease our own fears to bring to God just our own needs and to fuel our own encouragement? Or are we alert to the idea, the essential idea, 
that all of this is to benefit us, to benefit others. We receive refreshment to give refreshment to our families, our friends, our work colleagues, and the people we connect with at the gym, in the pub, or in the supermarket. To what extent do we share the refreshment God gives to us? And do we keep an eye open for all that God is doing? Yes, in our church community, but beyond these walls, in the places where we meet, learn, eat, talk, love, work, rest, and relax. And if so, are we ready to join in? God invited the Israelites to drink. He recognized their needs, but ultimately, he had a far greater purpose in mind that went well beyond personal hydration. This was a training exercise to equip the 300 to take ground for God, to put God's vision into action by ending that ghastly oppression of the Midianites and to be part of his mission. You know, things need to change in the church nationally and here in Christchurch Basin Hill. God is training us to have an eye on mission, constantly looking outwards, seeing what God is doing through his Holy Spirit and joining in. It requires the change of approach that God is giving us the vision for, but it's not easy and it might be unsettling. So to finish, the majority of the Israelite army were not up for taking new ground. They were frightened. In what ways are you fearful of God's plans for us? Will you turn your back on the vision God is giving us or will you courageously give your all to it? And if so, how can you and I be trained and equipped for mission? Wherever we gather by the river to receive refreshment from God, will we allow him to send us, to show us what he's doing so that we can join in? The fact that Gideon's fellow soldiers were whittled down to a mere 300 meant that they were more reliant than ever before on God's faithfulness and his strength. And as we make our decision to be part of God's army and his adventure, and as we look to be trained and equipped for mission, we too are more aware than ever before of our need for God. His love setting our hearts on fire with love for him. His strength giving us the courage to give our all to him. After all, the overwhelming power of the Midianites needed to be taken on by another huge force, didn't it? Not an army of massive numbers, but a smaller army of dedicated, mission-minded people who were accompanied by an awesome God. It is the presence of the Lord that ensures victory. And he's able to train and use those who are committed to loving God and living his adventure. Amen.